0: At the tender age of 70, Terra became a father, ultimately of three boys. A few decades later, when his children had already started having their own children, he decided to move his whole family to a new country and start over again. I mean, why not? He had a whole lot of living yet to do. After Terra died, one of his sons decided to leave the clan and set off to pursue his own dreams. He took his nephew and his wife and a few possessions and they set off. Young, like his father, he was only 75 years old when he made this major life change. But soon after they settled in this new land, a famine hit. Desperate, they fled to another country and lived there as immigrants. His 65-year-old wife was a stunning beauty, a woman named Sarai. For whatever reason, when they arrived as immigrants in this country, if anyone asked, he told her to lie and say she was his sister instead of his wife. Indeed, that's what she did when someone saw how beautiful she was and took her to meet the king. The king was taken in by her, and she moved into the king's harem to live as a part. Meanwhile, her husband worked hard and prospered, adding donkeys and camels and servants to his belongings. But one day the king discovered Sarai was already married, and heartbroken, he expelled the country from the people from the couple from his country. But they were allowed to take their considerable wealth with, with them, which by this time not only included livestock, but gold and silver. In fact, they had so much stuff he and his nephew had to part ways because there wasn't enough land for both of them. But there was one thing they didn't have. They didn't have heirs for all this wealth. Children. But if Robert De, M- De Niro can become a dad again at age 79, and Al Pacino at 83, well, why not? Well, meanwhile, Sarah, Sarah may have been stunningly beautiful, biologically, you know. So she decided to get creative to solve this issue. Have you picked up who this story is about? Sarai told Abram, now 86 years old, that he should sleep with her maid, a slave named Hagar. He did as she said, but when Hagar got pregnant, Sarai fell into a jealous rage and treated Hagar so harshly she ran away. Sarai then blamed Abram for listening to her. A messenger found Hagar along a desert stream and told her to return to Abram and Sarai, where she gave birth. Abram named the son Ishmael. Thirteen years later, Abram was told once again he would become a father, this time through his wife Sarai. He was now 99 years old, and he fell on his face laughing at the idea of a 90-year-old woman giving birth, although she might not have been so amused. But God was serious, and as a sign of this, from that day forward, they were renamed Abraham and Sarah. As you heard last week, one day some strangers passed by and Abraham pleaded that he may offer hospitality to them, a place to stay, some food to eat. While the food was being prepared, they told Abraham that when they pass by a year later, Sarah will have given birth to a son. Sarah overheard this and laughed to herself, but one year later, they had indeed had a newborn son named Isaac. Sarah said, God has given me laughter, and everyone who hears about it will laugh with me. And that's where our reading begins today. The boy grew and stopped nursing. But as you heard, the story takes a very dark turn. Nearly 40 years ago, feminist scholar Phyllis Tribble wrote a groundbreaking book called Texts of Terror. They are texts in the Bible that are particularly disturbing, and this is one of them. Most people think of Hagar, if anyone thinks of her at all, as a minor character at best. But black womanist theologians like Dr. Dolores Williams have long embraced Hagar as a curiously familiar and haunting story. Black women hear in Hagar the stories of their own mothers and grandmothers who worked as domestics. They hear familiar stories of children born without their consent, of masters and those who are enslaved. They recognize pretexts created by white women that have resulted in getting fired or their children being treated more harshly and unfairly or even killed. For example, because someone claimed he had whistled at a white woman, Emmett Till was murdered. Sarah, Hagar, spoke up, which Sarah didn't like. And likewise, black women have heard themselves called uppity and worse for speaking up for themselves. Finally, Hagar was a woman forced out and abandoned, given almost nothing with which to survive. And yet, she did, just as black, indigenous, and women of color do every day. Dr. Renita Weems says Hagar feels like a story we almost know by heart. In her book, called Just a Sister Away, she spoke of Hagar's economic exploitation, sexual exploitation, and she laments women betraying women when mercy could have been shown, quote, just a sister away. But that is the power of patriarchy, hierarchies of race, sex, and economics that create suspicions instead of coalitions. True in the Bible, and oh, so true in our world today. Our first encounter with this dynamic happens when Sarah felt that Hagar was treating her contemptuously. Was she really? Or was Sarah just feeling insecure and created a pretext for jealousy? She complained to Abraham, who told her that it's her problem. Do whatever you want. The text says Sarah treated Hagar harshly. That's also known as abuse. Hagar ran away, but this is where the text is truly terrible. An angel told her to return and submit. Then in today's text, you heard Sarah worry that Hagar's child will inherit Abraham's birthright because he is the oldest, which would normally be true, except that in this patriarchy, Hagar is a slave. So the child born to her belonged to Sarah. And yet Sarah didn't want to take any chances. So she again created a pretext to force Hagar to leave. She claimed that the teenage Ishmael was making fun of her toddler Isaac. And this time she demanded that Abraham do the dirty work. Send her away. Abraham agreed and sent them away with only a little bread and some water. That couldn't possibly have been enough for them to survive in the wilderness, which is perhaps the point. And sure enough, the water ran out. Eventually, Hagar couldn't bear the suffering of her son, so she left him under a tree and walked far enough away not to hear his agony or see his death. But you heard how the story ends. God heard his cries and sent a messenger. Hagar opened her eyes and saw a well. So is this a story where it all worked out in the end? Once upon a time and happily ever after. I mean, after all, she revived Ishmael and he grew strong and became the ancestors, ancestor of all Muslims, just like Isaac grew up and became the ancestor of all Jews and Christians. As members of the three Abrahamic faiths, these are our epic origin stories. An answer to who we are, who are we and where do we come from? But wait a minute, what about Hagar? What is the redeeming quality in this story for her? Dolores Williams answered, God is about both the liberation of the oppressed as well as their comfort and survival. And sometimes the best that can come from a situation is survival. And a story in which someone as far out on the margins as Hagar survives is liberating. As William said, sometimes all we need is to know that God is with us in our struggle, not why God hasn't taken us out of it yet. That is true no matter what our struggle might be. And we all have our own. What are you struggling with today? Remember that Hagar survived. These are our stories within the larger, epic story. My story and your stories are real, with lots of challenging, hard-to-hear dynamics. Take these seriously. And then with all the horrible things that happened to Hagar, remember that when she opened her eyes, she saw a well. She quenched her thirst and survived. Was the well there the whole time? Are we sometimes so consumed by something we don't that we don't see what is right in front of us? Maybe grief. Or are we sometimes so busy that we look right past what is right there? No, there. Or are we sometimes so mad that we can't see straight? Or are we so hopeless we only look down, not forward? If only we lifted our heads hope like the well god put it there hope put it in puts it in front of us every day whether or not we like excuse me whether or not we see it like the well hope is always right there waiting for us to discover it we are the descendants of hagar and abraham and sarah who persisted and sometimes that's enough Like the words of the song by Demi Lovato, you can take everything I have, you can break everything I am like I'm made of glass, like I'm made of paper. Go on and try to tear me down, but I will be rising from the ground like a skyscraper. I will be rising from the ground.